Hi, I'm Dave Ferguson, pastor of the Collegedale Church here on the campus of Southern Adventist University. Welcome to our podcast. We're going to explore today some of the relevant words of Jesus Christ in Scripture to my life, to your life. So enjoy the message. In case there's a couple people that haven't heard this story, I'll tell it again. Doing a week of prayer at an academy. Things are going well until they said, why don't you go take senior Bible class? I walked into the classroom. It was like a cemetery. What do you do? You reach for your wallet. I take out a $20 bill, smack it on the table, and there's a resurrection. I had their attention, which was the purpose. And I said, I'm going to give you 20 bucks if you can finish this. Now, every one of you has a grandma who wrote this on a pillow and gave it to you. Be still and know that I'm God. Good verse. If the devil roared, he'd say, be busy and forget. But I'm giving 20 bucks. Don't get your Bibles out. I'm giving 20 bucks to whoever can tell me the next verse. And I knew I had him. I gave him a little bit of time. And somebody remind me to finish the story, please. Open your Bibles to John, the Gospel of John, written by John the Baptist. No, written by John the disciple. John 17. I don't know if he was taking notes as Jesus prayed, or maybe he'd heard Jesus pray this prayer before. I, I always wonder how, how John got Jesus' prayer, because uh, papyrus, I don't know. Here it is. You'll recognize it because it's, to me, one of the most powerful, powerful of Jesus' known prayers. All his prayers were powerful. After Jesus said this, you with me, John 17? After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven. Jesus, we bow our heads and close our eyes. No, he's God. <laughs> he's not distracted when he prays. He looks up and he says, Father, the time has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. Nine times out of ten when you see the word glory, it means character. Does it make sense here? Father, let your character shine through your son that your son will display your character. For you granted him authority over all people. Don't rush through that, Adventist. That's not all Adventist, all Americans, all Christians, all people. That he might give, hello, give eternal life. Now be careful because the next verses I'm going to read, there's only 45% of Adventists, according to all our little statistics, that accept what I'm going to say here. But I'm just quoting God. Ready? For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life. Some people think devotions saves you. Some people think going to church on Saturday saves you. Some people think not eating pork saves you. Some people think if you believe the right thing about staying the dead, it saves you. Sorry. Good doctrines. I believe them all. Sorry, I keep stopping Scripture. 
For he granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to those you have given him. Here it comes. Now this is eternal life. Now if Morris Vendon were alive, he would put it in the equation. I don't know if he came up with it or he borrowed it from someone, but it goes a little bit like this. I'll give you the equation for you quick algebra people. EL equals KG plus KJC. You want more information? 95 Thesis on Righteousness by Faith. Get it from your ABC. They're not open today. Because this right here, fellow Christians, if you don't get this, you're going through motions. This is eternal life, that they may know you, this is Jesus talking, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Period. Or as several Christian speakers have said, have you heard this line? There's not one thing you can do that would cause God to love you any more than he already does. There's not one thing you can do that would cause him to love you any less than he already does. He loves you, period. But he must also honor your free choice. That's why in Revelation it does not say, behold, I stand at the door with a bulldozer. It says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And by the way, Jesus loves prayer. He invented it. He used it. He modeled it. And if he was always praying or sending people away for a quiet time or for prayer, where do we get off the prayer bus? <laughs> I've tried everything else. Might as well pray. I'll pray for you. Don't ever say that again to anybody unless you pray with them right then. Such a cliche. The sky is blue, the clouds are white, I'll pray for you. Don't pray for me, pray for me now. Sorry, don't mean, don't mean to be mad about prayer. And by the way, those of you who believe in fasting, before you fast, study it very carefully because if you fast, you're never supposed to tell anybody you fasted. Check with JC on that. He said, wash your hair, if you have some, wash your face, but don't let them know, like the Pharisees. I prayed. Listen, I've even heard the church I love, and I don't mean this one locally, say things like, brother, we've prayed about this, and that's, oh. Well, if you've prayed, I guess nothing left for me to do. It's a done. No, no, no. Sure, I'll pray for you, but I don't pray for you. I think there's a great line from Ellen. It says, angels go like this. They shake their heads because they know for the little human earthling to plug into God's power is one of the avenues by prayer. I had an elder that didn't agree with me. I didn't agree with him too much, but he did say this. Pastor Litch, if prayer works and we don't use it, we're fools. I had to say to him, you're right. Continue reading, please. Let me read it again, just in case you didn't get the equation. Eternal life, E-L, equals knowing God plus knowing Jesus Christ. That's a no-brainer. I'm sorry. When I was nine or ten, someone raised up his Bible from the front of the pole, but I won't tell you his name or what church it was. But he said, brothers and sisters, we have all the truth. 
And I said, amen. And then I grew up a little bit and came across this verse. You recognize it? Jesus said, I am the way, truth, and the life. And so in my brilliant 10-year-old mind, I said, do we know everything there is to know about Jesus? No. Careful the next answer. Will we ever? No. Because we'll never be God. Right? Am I, are you still with me so far? Well, stay tuned. Read it again. Repetition for effect. Now this is life eternal, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. I brought you glory, brought your character on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Hey, there's one work for us. Ask God to work in us. Have you heard this one? When we work, we work. When we pray, God works. And I won't fall into the temptation of going to Romans 5, 5, but that says everything we need, God provides. Check it out. Don't take this little preacher's word. Wow, 5, 5. He pours his love from his heart to your heart. That means he pours grace, joy, peace, forgiveness. You name it, he pours it. And you just say, here's the song. Fill me up and let me overflow. Uh-huh. You know that song? I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, look, glorify me in your presence with the character I had with you before the creation of the world. Jesus is saying he's God. Hello, it's a no-brainer. As C.S. Lewis would tell us, he is either God or a total fanatic. There's no such thing as being a good man because he accepted worship and he said he was God and he forgave sins. Jesus is God. But I know I'm preaching to the choir because that's why you come every week to renew your commitment. Oh, pastor, I can do that at home. Yeah, but the Bible says it's good to hang out a little bit together and not just hang out, but worship and sing and laugh and cry and be open and maybe even share with each other. Yeah? And now, Father, glorify me again. Verse 5. Glorify me with your presence, with your presence, with your presence, with your presence. It doesn't mean Christmas, but it does. We believe that there's a literal Holy Spirit. We believe that when Jesus literally went up to heaven, the Holy Spirit literally came down. And we believe, now let me put it this way. When I go do a week of prayer, some kid at the back says, could you tell us a story about demon possession? And I say, no. I don't want to give the jerk advertising, but if there's demon possession, there must be Holy Spirit possession. Are you interested in that? Possession, that's a, there's nothing wrong with the word possession. It's who you're possessed by. I would like to be Holy Spirit possessed. But God's not pushy, as I said. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of this world. Are you revealing Jesus to the people you drive by? Or the people who pull in front of you? Or the people you disagree with? Are you revealing Jesus? I'm sorry, I hate to confess this. I fail miserably. Don't say amen. 
so do you. But Jesus knew that when he said this line, there's none righteous, what? No, not one. That's why you've got to keep singing. It ain't special music, but here it is. He's able, he's able. I know he's able. I know my Lord is able to what? You've heard it. Turn to, turn to that sad, exciting story, Matthew 26. Jesus loves prayer. This is Gethsemane. You know the story well. And the story would have been different if the disciples had followed what God said to do. There would be 14 crosses probably. An angel wouldn't have had to come down to strengthen Jesus probably because he said to those three, the only record we have of God ever saying to some earthlings, would you pray for me? And they said, oh yeah, Jesus, we'll do it. Dear God, they're gone. I like this story because when I fail miserably, it encourages me. Here it is. We're in Matthew 26, verse 36. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, you sit here. He didn't say, because I want some space from you. I can pray better when you're not right next to me. By the way, there's time for all kinds of prayer. For group prayer. For solitude prayer. For praying with your spouse. By the way, don't raise your hand because it's a nosy question. If you're not praying with your spouse, get with the program. And if your spouse says, shall we pray? Sometimes Shelly says, you want to pray together? I really don't want to. But I better say yes because it's the correct answer. She didn't give me permission to share this, so we'll talk at lunch. But um, Shelly uh, is an inter- intercessory prayer. She prays, and she's not a morning person. Uh, I'm not a night person. We get together occasionally. And, 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 and she was praying one morning in bed. She's going, dear Lord, be with Ann and Robin. And, and I don't know if she's meditating or, or, or what. She's gone back to sleep. She wakes up and says, where were you, Robin? Be with Janet, Susan. So in some ways, Shelley... Maybe not a good analogy, but she reminds me of my dad. Here's, here's the way my dad on Friday night would, would read his Sabbath school lesson. Can you think of a better way to go to sleep? Okay, while we're on my topics, you think of your own dad, right? My dad's gone, but here's what he used to sing. There's sunshine in my soul today. I said, Dad, why do you always sing a sunshine song? I've heard it the first time. Guess what I sing in the shower now? There's sunshine in my soul today. So dads, keep singing your songs and don't, especially don't mind that the teenagers give you ridicule because you're still modeling sunshine. Sorry, back to Gethsemane. Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took, guess who? Peter, James, and John, that caused a lot of problems. They were always upset with each other. Who's going to be vice messiah? Who's going to be chairman of the board? Why why does he always take those three? Along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Now, this is a prayer. Jesus Jesus is clinging, man. You know what he's clinging to? And it's not like that picture hanging in your grandmother's living room. Nice grandmother, nice try. 
But read this verse. He was not like this, with Jesus' hands like this, with a little halo behind his head, and, and, and every hair in place, and he's at this rock. You know, this, you know what I'm talking about? Don't, don't, don't destroy the picture, but theologically incorrect. Jesus was like this. Like this. Feeling further and further removed from the Father. He is going through hell. Because this has never happened before in God's existence with God. And he's sweating. And for once, Jesus wants little earthlings to pray for him. And he goes over to the big three. Well, Peter's mouth is open, but he's snoring. Jesus didn't get ticked off. He just said, well, you can read the scripture. Could you guys just give me an hour? He could have said, could you give God one? <laughs> no. And he goes back. By the way, Jesus loves prayer, but he refuses to force prayer onto us. Jesus prays for us, but he can't pray for us. That's one thing God has said, no. Now, if anybody gets up here and explains to you how prayer works, listen politely and then say, well, that was interesting. We don't know how prayer works. But in my simple mind, fortunately, I have a hot tip for you. Here's what I think. Satan goes like this. <laughs> cuss, cuss, cuss. I vote for Litchfield. God goes like this. He raises a scarred hand. I vote for Litchfield. Oh, cuss, cuss, it's tied. And steps to Christ, says it not exactly in those words. When little Litchfield raises his hand, he says, I vote for God. Satan keeps cussing, and Jesus goes like this very politely. Two to one. I don't know if it's okay for Jesus to call Satan loser. That's how prayer works for me. So Satan wants to do everything he can. He doesn't care if you go to church. Oh, go on. Oh, go on. Oh, get involved. Go. Good. But when you start praying, I don't just mean missionaries and call prayers. Forgive me. Forgive me. Be with me. When you start praying meaningful, thought-filled prayer, then God rolls up his sleeve. I said to you already, when we work, we work. When we pray, God works. Oh, Pastor, my mind just wanders. Well, bring it back. Or how about, I've tried everything else. Let's pray. Oh, wow. Or how about this one? I'll pray for you. Stop saying that. Pray for him right then. Well, they might, they might hit me in the nose. Take a blood for Jesus. Bumped into a guy yesterday. Now I'm bragging. Be careful. Talking to him. I said, how are things going? And he answered like you usually. Fine, thanks. That's a lie. Things are not going fine. And he comes up and he says, well, my daughter's third time in, in rehab. Well, you think I'm going to shift to the weather? Hey, nice weather. We're having three times. And then he busied himself, and, but he was still in the trap. And as he came, I said, hey, I need to pray with you. Can I? Pray on the phone. I was going to make you all text somebody a prayer right now. I was going to stop, but I wanted to keep talking. Don't say, I'll pray for you. Pray for him. And guess what? 99 people will say, thank you very much. Now, don't, don't go through the 28 fundamentals you pray. Just be, be specific, you know. Pray for what they're after. He goes back again. He goes back again. Listen, if Jesus... 
If Jesus had had these three praying, there might have been 14 crosses. The angel might not have had to come down. The angel comes down, and I love the way it says in the desire of ages. Look what the angel does. Watch this. The angel goes like this. He takes Jesus' head, puts it on his chest, and then the angel goes like this. Check it out for yourself. He points Jesus towards heaven. You know the most powerful prayer I was never taught? To be still and let God speak to me. As Oswald Chambers said, when you and God get together, who has the most important things to say? You or God. But I'm so busy. I get so tired of here. I'm so busy. busy. How many times do you go, oh, I'm a busy week, busy week. Well, get control. Busy week. I wonder if God ever has a busy week. I wonder if God ever gets tired of being blamed for everything. Poor God. I wonder if he loves to have you just pray a prayer. I was experimenting with my boys once. They were five and seven. I said, tonight, let's not make any requests of God. Let's just praise him. Okay, boys? Okay, Ryan? Adam? Yeah, okay. Dear Lord, we praise you for the nice breakfast we have. We praise you for the good recess. Praise you that the teacher was sick today. And praise you. And give us a good night. Oh, sorry, Dad. No, it's okay. It's okay. But, but God is not some divine Coke machine where we drop in a prayer. God, he loves to have us pray. And I believe when, when we do that, when we do that, listen, listen. When we pray, first of all, you confess. Have you heard this one? Create in me a what? Clean heart, oh God. That was Big David. Big David got up every day and said, long live the king, long live the king. Okay, there she is. Hey, come on over. You know the story. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. You have delivered. Remember Jehoshaphat. These are quick ones. The enemy's coming, the Moabites, the termites, they're all coming, they're converging on Jerusalem. Jehoshaphat says, we got to pray, we got to pray. And everyone said, I'm pray, pray. And then, hey, they're coming from the path of Zeus. Don't worry, send out the choir. They send out the choir. Praise God from whom. And God loved all the ites, but they killed each other. God didn't kill them, they killed each other. How about Elijah? Hey! God, you know, it's every action has a reaction. Remember he had the karma high and then he goes into depression? Ay, 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 ay. God, God, I want to die. And then he goes like this. I'm the only one left. I'm the only denomination. I mean, I'm the only one who has it together. God just kept feeding him. Uber, feeding him. And then God does this. Elijah, what are you doing here? Oh, by the way, Elijah, I've got 7,000 others that aren't on your church books, but, but they're with me. Oh. What well, about healing? A desperate father. He says, Lord, Jesus, Lord, I believe. Would you please help my unbelief? Or how about Peter? Peter's mouth is open again. I'm going, boom, boom. Peter's prayer was not long. It was sort of like this. Lord, save me. Could you fit it in your agenda? Help! Immediately God goes. Immediately. Finish the garden. Because after that angel left, the disciples woke up 
but they still didn't get it. When they, did, when they were doing the Last Supper, they didn't know it was the Last Supper. Wait a minute, Jesus, that's not in the bulletin. It's not your blood. It's not your bread. That's the Passover bread, Jesus. Look in the bulletin. But guess what? Important line, church. People are more important than their current decisions. Sometimes in your discussions, our discussions, we can be so right that we are wrong. When I'm doing one of these ridiculous funerals that I, that I don't like doing, I usually say this. You know, several of you here believe that Aunt Bertha's gone to heaven. Some of the rest of us think she's sleeping. But you know what I believe about Aunt Bertha, where she is, doesn't matter about my salvation. But guess what? Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Wouldn't it be great when we're all together? Let's always seek common ground. Oh, you're compromising truth. No, I'm not. I'm using it at the right time in the right way. Jesus, when he got done, catch this one. We lost it in a garden. Jesus made the decision in the garden. We lost it at a tree. Jesus saved us. The beautiful thing about Jesus is whether we're praying or not, he meets us where we are. What a good God. Intercession. I don't know how it works, but Paul, Paul models it everywhere. He says, I'm always praying for you. I'm always praying for you. Uh, does it mean we go through all the names every time? Maybe it does. That's still, that's still the mystery. But intercession means I'm praying for you. Remember what happened with Job? It all came together for Job when he started praying for the, I don't want to call them turkeys, but the three guys who are theologically incorrect. He started praying for them, and guess what? I think, could be wrong, I think when we pour out our hearts to God and tell him what he already knows, he pours out blessings to prepare us. I think that's what steps to Christ, the way it says it. In other words, I say to kids, hey, couldn't we do devotions a lot quicker? If God knows everything we're thinking before we think it and everything we say, couldn't we just go, dear God, read it, amen. I believe when I articulate the words as a created being and I say, God, you're my God, and I give this situation over to you, you know the situation, and there's nothing too small for God and nothing too big for God. God loves prayer because prayer defeats the jerk. God loves prayer. Please, try to not be a tape recording when you pray. Stop! Well, what's the answer? I'm glad you asked. Turn to Philippians now. You know that, of course, is the most important book. Turn to Philippians. And I want you to read as you pray. Okay, I'll do it for you. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ. You stop right there and you talk to God about what you've just read. God, quite frankly, I don't want to be a servant. I'd rather be king. But make me a servant. 
to all the saints in Christ. Oh, I'm not a saint. Oh, yeah? If you're in Christ, that's Paul's favorite expression. He says it 154 times. If you're in Christ, you're covered by his righteousness. Well, how do you know that? Because in Corinthians, he says, to the saints at Corinth, and then he starts listing their sins. You can't be a sinner and a saint at the same time. Oh, really? Check with the big 12. We're servants. But Jesus said, I know I don't call you servants. I call you friends. We're saints who sin. What? We got to be, we got to be, per- we got to be perfect? Really? Check with Uncle Moses. What did he do right before he died? Hit the rock. Boom. Satan says, he's mine. God says, you're right. He was in leadership, and he hit the rock he wasn't supposed to. Moses, come up the hill. I don't want to come up the hill. Come up the hill. Lay down. Poor Moses. He couldn't go to Lake Winnie. He had to die for five minutes and go to heaven. But the last thing he did was mess. Oh, let's see. So you're just saying sin. Get in your rocking chair and sin. By the way, here's another definition for sin. Sin is not just transgression of the law. Paul says, sin is living a life apart from Christ. Which means, this will get too close to the pew, you can be sitting in the church, dropping your envelope for the giving, going home to a pork-free lunch, paying a faithful tithe, and still be living a life apart from Christ. But the beautiful thing is, Jesus loves prayer because prayer changes people. Prayer changes people. Verse, verse 3 of Philippians, I thank my God every time I remember in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Ha! He's writing this from prison. Hey, I'm having a good time in here. The views are great. Please, I didn't say he was happy. He has joy. You know what joy is? Paul knows where he's from, who he is, or where he's going, and he can remember the party the next morning. That's joy. And he doesn't let circumstances change his joy. Look over to chapter 2. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness, compassion, then make my joy compete by being like-minded. But then there's a good verse in here for Adventists because it says this in chapter 3. If on some point you'd think differently, isn't that good? God too will make clear. Just live up to what you attained. Which means, which means, I might not agree with you. And you have a right to be wrong. Do you understand? What a relief. Have you ever met a self-appointed Holy Spirit? Have you? Have you? They get a little pushy. They, they crowd your space. Their breath is usually as bad as their attitude. Do they know? Do they know their self-appointed Holy Spirits? Have you met one? By the way, if you are one, you don't know it. They're sincere. And I'm just trying to help you grow. God is the one who grows us. God calls us to love each other, to accept each other, and not judge each other. Ay, ay, ay. They should write a song. What the world needs now 
is more judgers and judgers. It's the only thing that the church has plenty of. I mean, not this church, but other churches. Jesus said, go into all the world, get prayed up, go into all the world, get prayed up, and then love. Well, Jesus, you love, you love, what's the name of that little short guy? Zacchaeus, ripping people off. You stop at the fur of the tree and said, hey, Zach. I said that once. I called Zach, Zach once, and boy, did I get in trouble for that. How dare you call holy men of the Bible Nick and Zach? I don't call Zach too holy. I mean, he's ripping people. Comes down, and God invites himself to Zacchaeus' house. I shouldn't have to say this, but I need to for somebody here. Don't ever get God in church confused. If one church member says something to you, don't think, that's what the whole church thinks? I'm out of here. Have you heard those kind of stories? Please. Please. Jesus loves prayer. When we get to heaven, are we going to pray? Dear Jesus, when we get to heaven, I think we're going to go like this. Say something. Say something. <laughs> Happy eternity. And Jesus is not going to sit there and preach sermons to us. If someone wants to go to Noah land, you'll go to Noah land. If someone wants to go to Zacchaeus tree, you'll go to Zacchaeus tree. If anybody wants to go to Calvary, you'll see God die. And we'll fall in love with him again and again and again. Do we kiss our brains goodbye? No, I think I remember you. No, no, no. It says we'll know as we are known. Want me to explain all the questions of heaven? Good luck. I have not seen nor ear heard. You know, we always use that verse to refer to heaven. Read the next verse. It says, but God has revealed to you what you need for the Holy Spirit. Wow. So let's see. We've done Matthew, Philippians, and John. Maybe it's time to stop. Let me just, let me just share this with you. The teaching style of Jesus. Listen, parents. The teaching style of Jesus. Listen to this. All true teaching is the personal element is essential. You come down to their level, yeah? Associated, he trained those 12. Can you imagine Jesus? You know why he was up all night, don't you? Because he was living with these 12. They were always jousting for who's going to be a Messiah, who's going to be vice Messiah, who's going to be Messiah of the board. They were always worried about who's going to be greatest. I'm glad we don't have those problems anymore. It was in private, but one listener, Zacchaeus, Nicodemus, the woman at the well, the woman caught in the act of adultery, it was the one-on-one -on -one audience that Jesus just loved. The rich young ruler broke his heart. Sometimes he taught them as they walked in the mountains, sometimes by the seaside, sometimes at the fisherman's boat. Crummy boats, and their nets were always messed up, but I mean, he still met them where they were. As they walked by the way, they didn't even know they were getting sermons. He said, oh, look at that guy throwing seed. Oh, 
Peter, go get a fish and take. You know, Jesus talked about fishing and farming and, 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 and uh, the pearl of great price. He meets people where they are. Wow, that's neat. You know the first thing after we've prayed a lot? We meet people where they are. And when the Muslim gets into your car or you bump into him somewhere, the first thing you say, Avenir, is, tell me about what you believe. Before you preach the gospel, listen to the gospel. Tell me what you believe. Well, what if he doesn't ask me what I believe? That's God's business. You just be prayed up. Just be prayed up. I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day. Preachers don't like that. I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day. Because you know the reputation Christians have, and it hasn't changed much. Judgmental. Hypocrisy. One day Christians, I'm better than you. That's, that's even in the Bible about, that's pretty much the man in the street. So what we gotta do is we gotta go kill people with love. Love, love, love. We gotta go deeper than love, pastor. Oh, really? And the last one is this. These are the Ten Commandments on Devotions, written by um, good-looking bald guy. Here, here's what it says. Number one, make a decision to begin again. Guess what Sabbath is about? Sabbath is a New Year's every week. We start over again. Make a decision. Find a spiritual mentor. Howard Hendricks says everyone should have a, should have a Paul and a Timothy, someone that you mentor and someone that mentors you. Okay? Number three, find a quiet place. I can say that, we're retired, but find a quiet place. Pray read, as I described to you. Read scripture and then talk to God about what you've read. Mark in your Bible. I was told never mark in your Bible. It's a holy book. I want to get that holy book in my head. I'm going to take whatever it takes. I'm marking in my Bible. You don't have to, but I can't find stuff if I don't mark it. Journal your thoughts. Get three by six cards. Destroy your steps to Christ. Let me finish. Rip out the chapter on prayer. Make sure it's your own steps to Christ. Uh, and then take that page and hang with it through the day. Put it in your little three-wing and go to the next one. There's different ways. Have four or five different devotional books by your, by your side. If the first one doesn't, bye-bye four for tomorrow. If the first one doesn't, go to the next one. Have variety. And pray read. As you've read a paragraph, stop and pray to God about what you just read. And finally, ask Jesus to help you fall in love with prayer. So as I stood in front of that class, and I still had my 20 feeling quite smug, a girl with an unordained hand stands up and says, be still and know that I'm God. I'll be exalted in the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. And I take that verse to mean, if I can sit down and, it's gonna say shut up, be still, maybe God will be exalted in me. The minute I start bragging about it, I haven't figured it out yet. Because as I tell teenagers, when you think you're hot, you're not. But when you realize you need him, well, Paul says it, when you're weak, 
you're strong. Um, we're going to have a benediction here, but I would like to do this. This is a little bit of a risk, but I'll do it because you, you look like safe people. I would like to have three people come up here and pray for three specific things. Is there anybody here from Texas that could come up and have a prayer? Is there anybody here from Ukraine or knows someone from Ukraine that could come up and have a prayer in closing? And is there anyone that has lost a loved one in one of the world wars or any war we've had? I'd like three people to come up and pray. Okay? You want to think about that for a while? Two or three hours? Okay. Okay. I can pray for all three of them, but I'd like someone to come up. Come on up. Good. Thank you. Anybody else? Can I have a, a mic? Thank you. Thank you. No. Don't pray yet. We're still waiting for two more prayers. Thank you. Good to see you. What are you going to pray for? Okay. She's going to pray for Memorial Day. Can we have someone for Texas or Ukraine? Just come up. Come on up. All right, come on up, Susan. One more. Go in one more. Anyone know someone? I was going to get, try to get Michael Peel on the phone today. He's over in Ukraine right now. It's Michael Peel's son. Okay, somebody, somebody who knows someone from Ukraine. You feel the pressure, saints? <laughs> okay. All right, let's go. I'll pray for Ukraine. Come on. That's right. Good. I love to see running in church. She loves prayer too. Good. Come on up, Maureen. Okay. You go ahead. Go first. Hold that close so they can. You're all right. You're all right right there. Okay. Hold it close. We're going to have three prayers. Go ahead. Dear Heavenly Father, we have Memorial Day this week, and we would. I would like to pray for all of the thousands of people who have been lost and I want to pray for those who have lost them. Mm -hmm. And Lord, please be with them, be the ones who have lost these people and comfort them mm -hmm. and help them know that these people gave their life for our freedom and help us to be ever thankful for that. Mm -hmm. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Don't go away. Stay right there. Thank you, Susan. Mm -hmm. For Texas. Yeah. Let us pray. Almighty and most merciful Heavenly Father, we ask you now to send your spirit to all of those who are hurting. Mm -hmm. We are all Texas, Lord. Mm -hmm. We are all the parents of slain children. We are the brothers and sisters of those who did not come home. Heal our cracked hearts. Help our people to solve this problem. Hmm. We ask all this in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Susan. Thank you, Maureen. Father in heaven, we are all Ukraine today as well. We are all your children, crying out for all of those around the world. We pray not for signs, but we pray for the hearts. Mm -hmm. We pray for the healing. We pray for the restoration. We pray for the mitigation of anger mm -hmm. and hate. We pray that Satan doesn't win. 
Whatever that looks like, we pray that Satan does not win. Mm -hmm. We know that you have won the ultimate battle. You gave the ultimate sacrifice. And we are so grateful for the hope and the blanket of healing that you offer. I pray for the communities, the family members, the statesmen who are making decisions mm -hmm. far above where we are. We have little insight. Please help those who are providing care of the physical kind. Please mm -hmm. be with those providing care of the spiritual kind. Be with those providing care of the, of the mental kind, the emotional kind, the real grassroots people opening their homes to those needing shelter, mm -hmm. to those who are in barricaded areas who mm -hmm. don't know if the next bullet has their name on it. Um, just please, we ask that the warfare that is going on mm -hmm. there and in the rest of the world, even in our own homes, that we be armed with spiritual armor. Mm -hmm to do the combat that we need to, Father. I mm. pray this, please, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Heavenly Father, we don't know how prayer works. Teach us to enjoy prayer. Teach us to pray without stopping. Teach us to live a life of prayer. You're such a good God. And now we're gonna sing this little closing song to you, Jesus. Whisper a prayer in the morning. Whisper a prayer at noon. Whisper a prayer in the evening to keep your heart in tune. God bless. Have a good Sabbath. Love to pray with you right down in front here. See you later. Thank you, ladies. Thank you.